You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And this week, Nick is here. Hello, Nick. Hi, Simon. And Mark is here. Welcome back, Mark. Hello. It's, it's been a while. I, I, I have time to work on to turn on all my recording stuff. <laughs> there we go. So, um, we've had fun this afternoon. Uh, we're an hour and a half later than we uh, yeah, planned. Yeah, tell us why. Because it's all your fault. It is all my fault. It is all my fault. Uh, normally, because um, in order to do the podcast, I have to run Catalina. I normally start my uh, Mac uh, about an hour before the show is scheduled. And um, because it's running from an external USB and therefore it's quite slow. And I get all the, you know, all the apps and everything that I require up and running. And um, I... I did all that, and it was about ten to ten to when we were going to record, and uh, the machine started giving me beach balls on everything. Well, you're running just... it externally. Are you running it off an external SSD? Because no. remember, a couple of years ago, we had a, a conversation, and I said, "Right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try running uh, a beta OS off an external SSD using USB three, and see how it goes." And that was two years ago. And right now I'm looking at my external USB SSD solution and it's been blinking great. Um, I'm at the point where I think that I can guarantee I'm going to get a new Mac because I'm going to take the SSD externally and put it inside internally. It's one of the last Macs you can actually do that on. No, unfortunately, mine's on a spinning hard drive. So that's oh. even worse. But um, anyway... The- Chip into the Patreon, everyone, and we can get Simon a SSD for 20 quid. Anyway, it's normally, it's it's fine. Once you've got everything up and running, it's fine. But it decided it was going to start giving me beach balls on all of the apps and slowed to, you know, unusable. Um, So I thought, oh, well, normally uh, a restart will fix that. And that that might take uh, a little while, but I should be okay. Anyway, that is when the trouble started. Um, I rebooted it. And it took forever to boot and uh, forever to try and load all the apps. And then all the apps uh, stalled and then the machine rebooted itself spontaneously. Um, And again, took an age to reboot. And then when it got to the... um, past the login screen it put up my wallpaper and that was where it stopped it just gave me a pointer and wallpaper no dot no menu bar no finder no nothing so i uh, rebooted it again and uh, managed to get it to come up properly and then it took forever to load all of the apps um so there you go and uh, so that took about an hour uh, and then we've been chatting since then, um, to, you know, ramble along today, as we do. We've, we've covered quite a lot from setting up a streaming service for a church to my collection of YouTube cameras that I'm watching for the railway stations across the UK. So 
it's not like it hasn't been diverse. That is true. And some of it might make it into the after show. We don't know. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, funny old week, really. Um, no, no announcement from Apple as yet uh, about an October event that everybody's predicting. I suppose, though, if it's going to be a virtual event, um, you know, people don't need weeks and weeks of notice because um, nobody's got to book flights and all the rest of it to get to the Steve Jobs Theatre. They can announce it just a few days before, I guess. Um, but nothing on that. Of course, the uh, the web is awash with speculation and endless rumours and so-called leaks about, uh, you know, what we're going to get and what it will look like and how much it will cost and all the rest. And um, I'm really not interested. I'm really not. Thank you. Um, well, it is an interesting time at the moment because Google have had their announcement and come out with some pretty impressive tech. Uh, Amazon have come out with some impressive tech, including the flying webcam, which, oh, that needs to be a part of my life. I, I actually don't know what I do because I'm at home all the time because I don't have a job anymore. But <laughs> uh, there's just been so much interesting stuff happen at Apple. Do we think that Apple is an exciting brand anymore? I mean, obviously, we're going to get uh, new phones. We've already had all the other hardware upgraded. When we have the next event, it's looking like iPhones and the new Mac. I'm just sort of wondering, the new Mac, yes, it's hopefully going to be good, but is that going to be enough to sort of really get people stirred about, uh, stirred up about the brand Apple again? Hmm. Oh, I, I think that... Um, I, I think that... <sighs> Yes, I think it will. Um, I think there's enough people out there who just get excited about anything Apple says. <laughs> if the Apple sneezes, they get excited. Um, that that uh, it will still generate a lot of interest. I, I, I sort of have some sympathies with what you're saying. Um, there's only so many different things you can do with a computer, a, a phone, and a watch. <laughs> And a Apple TV, Apple TV device, um, because basically they they're not inventing anything new. It's just reiterating the same old thing. Yeah. This uh, is, you know, I, I'm with you there. There is only so much you can do. Um, it's a bit like the watch. You know, some people were like, "Oh, well, I've added an oximeter." Well, you know, how many more things do you think you can jam into that little device? <laughs> you know, what do you want it to? Why do? would you want to? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you want to? There comes a point at which you're just adding things for the sake of adding things it's the classic you know um like when you buy those chinese mp3 players that you know says oh it does uh, it plays the radio and it you know does podcasts and it puts your mp3s on it and it, and you can play games on it and do all this it's like i just want it to play my mp3s yeah i've had an argument with someone about this online funnily enough i've had an argument online who would think that could happen on the internet i'm not progress <laughs> it's just right now apple i'm seeing more innovation I, I suppose what it comes down to if i'm being honest i'm seeing more innovation and interest in product ranges that are affordable versus apple seems to have now become you know the corporate company the, the money saving company like removing you know the remnants of removing all their charges and still and still selling things for the same price now that i think sort of i think without wanting to do the old trope of it's a very tim cookie in time 
I think it is. I think there's just too many little cuts here and there, which people are, we've been, I mean, we've all been apologists for Apple for the longest time, but I'm sort of starting to see now, even some of the big websites are saying, this is starting to go a little bit far, maybe? It's not It's not really affecting Apple's bottom line, though, is it? I mean, they're still making all the money, uh, regardless of the fact whether people might see them as a little bit staid. Um, it's, it's, um, if, if they were losing money, they'd be doing something about it, wouldn't they? Um, yeah. And, and I think we've talked on this show before about the fact that they certainly are more financially focused than they once were. Yeah, I, I at one at one time they were looking forward to be the best manufacturer, the best maker of phones, the best maker. Of, but I think in many ways they feel that they've done that, and and now it's you know let's let's continue to make really good tools, but make as much money as well. And I, I certainly think, feel yeah, that that's true. I think what's triggered me is I've gone back, and I know we can't do this, but it just looking back at a few Steve Jobs things just throughout the years for a bit of a, a thing that I'm doing for YouTube. There seems to be a genuine excitement that we just don't know that Steve would bring to the stage. He believed in here. Looking at him as a presenter, he believed and there was an excitement in what he was doing. He was passionate about it. And aside from maybe Craig Begaridi, Craig, Begger, Craig, Craig, you know, Craig Air Force, yes, Air Force One, yes. Aside from him, and maybe a bit of bullishness by Phil Twitter, Phil Twitter, Phil Sh- <laughs> I'm generally not, yeah. I'm generally not seeing or sensing any excitement. I mean, is that just me? I, d- I don't think it's personalities. I really don't think it's personalities. It's just that that we've had all the we've had all the excitement taken away from us. So at one time we didn't know what was coming. So and now we know everything that's coming um, before it actually arrives. And uh, and at one time uh, it, it was genuinely exciting because they were really going somewhere. And uh, it feels like we've arrived and they're not really going anywhere very different now. They've arrived where they're going. Uh, and as I say, we the excitement goes because, oh, and the other thing I was going to say was the, uh, the, the little steps. Now that we get all these little releases, very little's changing. If you look at it across time, probably quite a lot is changing, but we, we get it all in little drips. And it's because that's what we wanted. They've given us what we wanted, but now the excitement's gone because, <laughs> because we're getting it all in these little drips. That, you know what I mean? We're only getting little improvements every time. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's a combination of those things. I mean, I'm looking forward to the stories where they're saying that the alleged iPhone 12 is only going to be 20 to 30% faster. And you think only 20 to 30 percent well i think the specs i haven't got the story in front of me but i read this morning that the specs have already leaked somehow and allegedly someone has done a geek bench test and it's yeah again 20 30 percent faster is, is anyone caught the, the the pricing or the alleged uh the units that are going to be revealed we've apparently we've got the iphone 12 mini which is going to be 5.4 inch. the iphone 12 normal 0.1 the 12 Pro, which is 6.1, and then the 12 Pro Max. Has anyone, if, I don't know if you guys have talked about it because I've been a bit under the Has anyone come across this recently? Um, well, I, I, I've seen it. I, I not, saw it this morning. Yeah, I saw it this morning. I've not um, paid a huge amount of... Um, the, the Mini, I don't quite get that. Surely that's the SE, um, which just had a big refresh. Um, I'm but not saying they buy... wouldn't. Because, yeah, the SE, that's a blimmin' powerhouse of a phone. And absolutely, yeah, that, and it's, I think it's like the fastest iPhone out there, isn't it? More or more or less. So, 
unless unless they're going to do something like an edge to edge screen on that one. But it's again looking at this. If I want to get the looking at the phone, the two phones that interest me enough for the 12 and the 12 Pro, because the 128 gig models are the way to go. If you buy a 12, it's seven. It's going to be 799. If you want to get the 128 gig Pro model. That's nine nine nine. So we've gone backwards in terms of how much the phones cost. Because when the iPhone eleven came out, I think everyone was pretty amazed. It was relatively cheap, it wasn't it? Um, it was. I, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was cheap. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't cheap, but it was cheap relatively to the couple of years before when, like, the ten yeah. was a thousand dollars and the. Yeah, that's that's the point I'm getting at. You know, we we went from a thousand dollar phone, and then it, we came back down to he says scrolling down. We came down from the thousand pounds because what like it was, and then plus don't forget it was a thousand dollars for the iPhone X. Now, if you want to buy the eleven, you're looking at seven hundred dollars. But this is a this is a someone speculating, isn't it? I mean, there's yeah. no proof that these are going to be the prices. No, there's no, not. no, no proof at all. This is what I'm saying. The, the the web is awash with all this stuff, and I just don't. I really don't get too deep into it. In fact, I tend to scroll straight past most of them because they're. It's like, look, you know, when Apple announce it, we'll know what they're going to do. Until then, peh, you know, yeah. you just, I could probably speculate just as, you know, just as well on what they're going to produce um, or what their prices might be. Um, I mean, a lot of that is predicated on the fact that they're looking at the trend over the last few years and saying, oh, well, the, the, the cheapest iPhone that Apple uh, as you know brings out for the last few years has been fifty dollars cheaper than the year before. So meh, you know? yeah, um, yeah, and that's just the way it goes. I think um, you know things like OLED screens cost more than LCD screens, but as OLED becomes ever um, more well, prevalent, I, I think... the price of manufacturing it goes down. So yeah, I th- I think Apple learned a lesson. In all honesty. Um... With with the turn of the thousand dollar iPhone, um, because it, the following years or following half years, however, however often they release them, um, they have spread the cost of the phones and and the abilities of the phones have actually become more uh, aligned across the range. Um, because I think they realised that, that the ones that sold best are actually the cheaper ones. Yeah, sure they are. Um, so, so they are learning that if they price them too high, then people won't just won't, they, don't get me wrong. They still send millions of the things, but just not as many if they keep the price under that thousand pound mark. And I think probably we will see something similar to what's suggested in that article, yeah. um, where there's a spread of stuff, and and the uh, the non-pro will have most of the pro features missing, just maybe one or two. Uh, of of the very top end uh, machines. I mean, talking about the talking about the penny pinching to some extent. I mean, the, the charger. I'm less concerned about you know the rumours that they're going to take the charger away. Um, uh, like Jim said, you know, it would be nice if they kind of gave you the option of saying yes, I would like a charger, please. But for everybody else, can just say no, I don't, I don't need a charger. I've got hundreds of the damn things littering my house. Um, but um, there's a lot of talk that they're going to drop the the earbuds, you know, the uh, earpods, the wired ones that come, you know, yeah. traditionally. Yes, now, I heard that. Now that really does strike me as being a bit penny pinching because um, there will always be occasions when you want to use 
earphones of one sort or another, weren't they? Yeah, and you know it. And, and they only than... probably cost. They only probably cost pennies. I'm make. sure they do cost pennies to make, especially because they're not particularly. Ones. They're not particularly uh, high quality ones, are they? The uh, no, there's the, nothing the special. Supplied nothing, ones. Nothing special about the wired supplied uh, earbuds. Um, the other thing is, of course, because they're well, unless they're going to change to USB-C, um, they're Lightning. They're a proprietary connector, which yeah. is well, basically, it's a pain in the backside if you, <laughs> you know. Well, what, okay, what if they drop the home? They drop the HomePod, uh, the earpod, but then they did the thing of. But what we're going to do is we we will give you a voucher to get the AirPods fifty dollars off. Well, that's the. <laughs> That's all so very. Would that, be, would that be an Apple move? Well, that's all, all very well, but you know, there's it just it just strikes me as very penny pinching. And if you're trying to upsell people to um, AirPods, lovely as they are, you know, they're 150 quid or something. Um, yeah. If they included the AirPods as part of the deal, now that then you're talking. <laughs> yeah, then you're then you're talking, aren't you? Or you know, well, no doubt they'll you... perhaps they'll do bundle deals. You know, get AirPods for. Well, you've just beaten me to it because it wouldn't be too hard to see that Apple would say, right, okay, well, we know people are going to buy an iPhone. They know they probably might buy it on credit, so let's bundle in the AirPods and try and push the AirPods at discounted price and get people signed up for a monthly um, credit agreement. Mm. And, and, and this is what worries me, is that we're even considering that Apple would do such a thing these days. That's what I find sort of the thing of, we're now sort of investigating what extent will they take penny pinching to. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, it, you know, Apple have, over the years, gradually reduced what you get in the box uh with all their products. I, I, I'm not, I, yeah, I'm not sure that it's penny pinching either. I, I, I really don't. I, I, I can't. I cannot see that they would sa- save significant amounts of money by not supplying a plug or. Uh, I, it, it, considering the amount of money they make, I, I can't see that that. Yeah, that's not saving them significant amount of money. So I, I, I think it's much more about being environmental. You know, they're very up, up with their environment. Um, well, yeah, standards. That's what I'm saying. I I understand it with the chargers, but much less so, for example, with you know this for the earpods rumor. The ear, ear, yeah, and it is a rumor that the earpods are going to you know be taken out of the box. Um, the same as you know when you buy a laptop, when you buy an Apple laptop, you used to get the uh, the charger with a cable, you know USB C now, but previously um, MagSafe that went to the actual transformer. You used to get a plug. Yes. Yeah. And you also used to get an extension cord. Uh, they took away the extension cord, the thing that you can clip onto the transformer to give yourself another like six or eight foot or whatever of, of cable. Mm-hmm. They, they took that away. And uh, it's like, really, how much is that costing you, you know, to give somebody that? Well, I mean, if they sell like a million laptops and it costs them a million, you know, that cable costs one dollar to use. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that, but... What I'm saying is that just feels mean when you're paying out a thousand quid for a laptop to not give you, yeah. a, a, you know, a one pound piece of wire just strikes me as then it's probably not even that, is it? You know, well, you don't even get the stickers anymore, do you? And part of the part of the corner was, again, yes, taking into account um, environmental it's just it's just lacking that sort of that oh wow cool fact and it's turned from right okay this is a device that can do everything 
this is a device that right okay i've got this and now i need to go and buy something else for it and now i need to go and buy something else for it and i think it's losing and just to back to the iphone pricing a little bit if apple do start ramping up the price i think one thing that might be catching them is there's a whole new what they called um technology of phones the foldable and they ain't much more than the iPhone alleged alleged 12 Pro Max pricing. So then you start running into that thing of, actually, I get a phone that I've liked to for years. Or oh, look at these cool, cool foldable things. And I will admit, they do appeal to me. They are very interesting. I could never afford one, like the same with the Apple. But the new way of a phone is starting to sort of encroach on, you know, what we would expect from Apple. Because we always look to Apple to be the leader, um, the, the person who got the best phones is his best price for the best features but you look at it these phones it just for a couple and i know just a hundred pounds more is still a couple of hundred pounds more but the people who could afford to buy the pro max could definitely afford to go up to the next level but then you're suddenly in a whole new world of technology like the samsung galaxy z fold 2 Mm. I think that um, I, I think that uh, there is definitely a movement within Apple to maximise income when they don't need to, and um, there are certainly signs that that's what they're doing. And 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 you think to yourself, what? Yeah, but they already make huge amounts of money. Why is this necessary? And and it could be because their person in charge is a finance guy, and he's always got his eye on. Because that's his job. Yes, but it's it's not his job anymore. Do you know what I mean? He's the CEO now, mm. and um, uh, yeah, I, I have some sympathies with what you're saying, Mark. Um, I still love Apple stuff. Um, I have tried Android stuff in the past, um, and they've come on a long way as well. Um, but uh, for now, I'm sticking with Apple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I'm sure many people will. And I, and I, to be fair, I probably would be, I probably will be as well, because it's just a, an ecosystem that I'm happy with. But recently, I feel like other companies are stepping up the game and offering as good at, well, not probably not just as good as stuff that Apple is. I mean, well, the, the new the new Google Pixel 5a that is that's priced at I think six nine nine, I think it is, and that that's a competitive phone. There are a lot of features on that, and hopefully, if there's I haven't done enough to sort of really comment and make comment about to it. But watching the Google, watching the Google press events and the Amazon press events, I felt genuinely excited that maybe the, the stuff that we dreamed of that would happen with HomePod is now right in the palm of our hands. I mean, and also look at and I mean, the thing is as well, you know, Apple is still selling tech that's a few years old at the same price they released it at, which has always been a bugbearer. I'll tell you what, yeah. I, I never want to come on the show. I'm glad I haven't bought the move down and we're talking down about it. My first return in ages and I'm miserable about Apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's strange because talking about, talking about uh, finances, our first, because um, we haven't actually got to our first item on our list of things to talk about. It's about... It's all about Tim Cook uh, could earn one million more shares uh, uh, by 2025, which seems a bit obscene to me. Well, he's already he's a billionaire. As it is. He is a billionaire. Yeah. Shares. I mean, come on. Well, just yeah, it's 
it's like when when does it you know when does the whole thing i liked about apple was it was that thing of i own something different you know i've got a i've got a computer that does different you know think differently and all that sort of stuff and i just feel like looking back at things now that's it's become very corporate it's become the very sort of bland corporate roll out the gender identity quota of presenters and talking about things in such a way that i'm sort of tuning out a little bit uh i i kind of get where you're coming from there mark i i think that the thing is apple is no long, longer the underdog is it with you know they no, not. you know they're the biggest company in the world you know or if not you know they're in the top three whatever um and by some margin you know um and, and the fact is it what well, in its earlier life it took some big risks yes to get where it is now um, yeah and now that it's a big corporate behemoth it's rather less inclined to make those big risks and um, i think that's why perhaps you're seeing more um app, uh, amazon uh, sorry not amazon <laughs> uh, that's why you're seeing android trying foldable phones and, and things where apple isn't um apple is is the big corporate now and they're they're the they're the ones who are less likely to try something a little bit outlandish I, mean, I will say though aren't just to contribute myself i'm quite excited with apple silicon but then part of me thinks well what is it it's gonna miss because you know how they always leave us wanting more it's like they've done this this and this but it's kind of it's always like the hanoi but i can't think of a good analogy but it's like the copy and paste when when everything was first available and all that sort of stuff there was no copy and paste they always leave that little feature that we want till the next release <laughs> yes well that um that's just good marketing <laughs> i suppose that's, so that's just good marketing there is always keep something back for the next one um yeah you know um i they're talking about risks of course i mean we we sit here and say they're not doing anything exciting they're not taking the risks but they are going because they're going to bet the farm on apple silicon um oh true yeah, that's true and that yeah. is that that's, is a, that's something to look forward to <laughs> that is a you know that is going to be a huge um i'm sure apple don't think it's a gamble i'm sure they believe it's the right way to go but it is still a gamble because yeah if it goes poorly or it's badly received um it could it could be a disaster now yeah i think i think i think i think you're right on that uh, i think design wise they're in a little bit of a uh, a dead end um again we're talking about um you can, things which you can't change very much and that's why i think you know android have been a little bit more they've pushed the boat out a little bit more and tried different things i'm not saying they've been successful at it uh, but they have tried foldable phones they're now into the second generation of foldable phones which look pretty cool actually mm. but um yeah I, 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 design wise apple is sort of uh, almost painted into a corner uh, and i would like to see them trying something new that's all yeah i think that is that is true um because all of apple's laptops have looked the same for many generations now um yeah their computers have looked the same for many generations um and i know there are limitations to what you can do yeah I mean, if you if you have a 12.9 inch ipad it needs to be 12.9 inches <laughs> yeah yeah etc uh, etc et but, but I, do, uh, I do i guess slightly miss um some of the uh quirkier things i mean like the original ibook the clamshell um you know which was yeah when they were trying stuff toilet yeah. seat shape or handbag shaped 
um, you know, it, I had I had some of those. They were nice machines. If you look at them now, the, the you've got this huge lid with a little tiny screen in it. It looks like a toy, but um, you know, at the time, Apple were doing things. Um, and now I guess it f- it just does feel a little bit stale. I'm sure sooner or later they've got something up their sleeves and they will whip it out and go. You know, here you go. Here's the Apple glasses or some other product. You know, that, that's all being quiet, hasn't it? Apple glasses, the car. That's all sort of done to death. If you look, if you follow something like um, patently Apple, they dig up endless, you know, things that Apple are patenting, which seem to be related to the glasses, the car. Um, I saw in the week that uh, there was a patent to do with. Um, optical data transmission, I think, um, which they said could be related to the car. Um, so there is stuff going on. It just doesn't often make the, you know, it's not, it's not going to get the eyeballs that yeah, Ming Chi quotes become a project. Yeah, no, it doesn't, and it's not going to get the eyeballs on the blogs that you know Ming Chi Kuo says. Um, so you, you know, you have to go looking for those kind of things. To be honest, um, there we are. So, I tell you what, shall we take a short break while we go over to John Nemo uh, in his hardware store, and then when we come back, we'll have a look at some of the Apple stories, because there aren't many other stories this week. It's Apple or a couple of other things, and that's it. So, uh, we'll go over to John in the hardware store, and we'll be back shortly. Every so often, a product shows up at the loading dock of Nemo's hardware store, and we never heard of the company before. We know about this type of product, but we have never seen this particular product or this company before. And that's exactly what we have with the iHeart tie-dye iPhone case. Company is GetCasely, G-E-T-C-A-S-E-L-Y, getcasely.com. That's their website. Company is called Casely. C-A-S-E-L-Y. This is a powered iPhone case with plenty of protection. Has 600 five-star reviews on their website. Original cost was $100. It's now down to $75. And there's a 15% discount coupon on their website. So check it out after you listen to this episode of Nemo's Hardware Store here on Essential Apple. The phone is in my hand right now. It's a powered case. You charge up the case using your lightning cable, which is a major improvement over charging it up using a USB micro cable because the same lightning port on the bottom can be used for your headphones, for charging the phone, for charging the case. It's a single lightning port, which is brilliant for charging up iPhone case. This is called Power 2.0. That's their model of power case. It's got enough to charge your phone up a couple of times. I've got it on my original iPhone 10. It is doing a great job. It's a little bulky, but not bad. A little weight, but not bad. Very good fit for the case with the speaker holes on the bottom, the mute flip switch on the left side, the power, and the up and down volume on right and left, respectively. The design, the engineering, the camera sticks out perfectly from the back. And to power up your iPhone, just press the button on the back for three seconds and the four LEDs will light up or as many as power that you have anytime you want. You can use it to keep it charged or to charge it up. Very, very versatile. 
I want to give this about a 99 out of 100. There's only one thing that I recommend they do in the upgrade and make sure they put in a little slot in one of the lower corners for a lanyard strap, a little wrist strap, because that's what I've been using for years on my other cases because I do so much photography and when I travel, I want to make sure when I'm taking a picture that I have that protection security on my wrist. But aside from the missing lanyard strap notch, lower left or lower right, this is absolutely a perfect product for charging, for protecting. The weight is totally acceptable for going in my pocket. One thing to be aware of, if you've been using your phone and you get a little lint in the bottom, the original charging port on your iPhone has to be lint-free. So very carefully, with a non-magnetic, non-electrostatic, sharp needle point tweezer, carefully, very carefully, preferably a plastic or fiberglass sharp point tweezer, gently, gently, gently pull out that lint. If you don't know what I'm talking about, have it done by somebody who knows what they're doing because you can really mess up the charging contacts on your precious iPhone. But once I got the lint out, the charging worked beautifully and I'm very, very impressed. I'm going to keep it on. Just went for a long bike ride and I kept my phone charged the entire time using the Casely, getcasely.com, iHeart tie-dye iPhone case. They have lots of different colors and styles and several different models that I'm not going to talk about right now. But check this out from our link on Essential Apple for the Power 2.0 iPhone case from Casely or getcasely.com. And then to protect the front of your screen for a mere $10, you can have the Casely Glass Premium Tempered Glass Screen Protector. You know I am a huge fan of tempered glass protection. So you've got phone case, the powered phone case on special, plus the coupon, terrific value, excellent fit, feel, grippiness, looks good with that tie-dye heart on the back, takes me back to the early 70s. If they would only put that lanyard little loop indentation in the bottom, it would get 110 out of 100. So good work to Casely.com for your beautiful, colorful, and very well protecting and excellent battery power charging and all the ports of the Power 2.0 iPhone case. The iPhone 12 version is coming out soon. They have it for all the recent iPhones. So go to their website and see what they've got for your phone and get one and you will be glad you listened to Nemo's Hardware Store today. Back next week. Thank you for that to John, and of course, the links will be in the show notes. Um, so we're going to skim over some Apple stories. There's quite a few stories, but not a lot of meat, to be honest. Uh, as we said, uh, Tim Cook has been uh, given a share grant, which could get him another million shares by 2025, um, which is very nice for him. Good. Although, as we said, he's already a billionaire. How much more money can he need? Um Apple... It looks good when he donates more stuff to charity. Yes, I suppose so. Uh, Apple launches the new detailed Apple Maps ex experience in the UK, um, including look around in selected cities. Um, I've not looked at this yet, but apparently you can go and look at the Houses of Parliament and, um, you know, Buckingham Palace and so on. And uh, maybe, I don't know, what other cities are covered. Um, 
I don't uh, use Apple Maps that much, uh, not because I've got anything against Apple Maps, to be honest, but just because I don't go very far most of the time. I quite like their... Um, I'm just looking at the locality here, actually, and I think they have improved it. Um, the uh, They've improved the um, satellite view. Um, you know, they've got like a 3D view in their maps. Yes. Uh, and it used to distort a lot of the buildings, but they seem to be seem to be improved to me looking at it. Oh, well, that's good. A lot, a lot of the buildings look very. Uh, I'm just looking at the buildings at the bottom of the road, and <laughs> and they, they they look like proper buildings and things. So I think they they definitely improved it. I can't see. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they mean by this um, detailed Apple Max experience. Is that what they're talking about, or are they talking about like a sort of street view type thing? Yes, that's the well look around is the kind of street view type thing. Um, oh, right, okay. But no, that's I haven't only got that in, well, not the, in Birmingham. No, probably not. Um, or you might find a, a bit in the centre of Birmingham or something. Um, there we go. Um, not a lot to say about that, really. I do know that Gazmaz... Well, um, on stuff isn't quite too hot either. So I'm just trying a few sort of uh, few local searches. And I'm getting tickling directions not available. And I've tried a few places. And it's like, mm, yeah, Google have got the... Well, I say Google have got the advantage on that. They just send you down back road. <laughs> um, actually, that was, that was what Gazmaz said, that... Um, you know, he tried the new maps, and despite the fact it says cycling directions available, apparently there are no cycling directions. It will give you walking directions <laughs> to town. He says the nearest, you know, the town is about five miles from my house. It will give me walking directions, but not cycling directions. So um, if you were looking forward to cycling directions in your Apple Maps, um, that may not yet be available. There we are. Um, and Gazmaz was rather disappointed, to be honest. Um, there we are. Uh, Google's Project Zero researcher to join Apple to improve iOS security. Um, this is uh, one of the top guys from uh, the Google Zero, who are the um, the unit within Google who search uh, everything, basically, not just Google stuff, for vulnerabilities and um, have been credited with you know, finding a, and fixing, or not fixing themselves, but pointing out to Apple various vulnerabilities that they have found. Um, and the guy is Brandon Azad. Uh, we'll soon be joining the Apple security team. Um, Brandon... You know what his position was? Sorry? What was his position? In, um, was he of anything of notable impact within Google? Uh, well, I think he was, I think he was head of... Uh, Project Zero, which is their security researcher team. He was actually the head leader. Uh, what's it say here? Uh, Brandon Azad might ring a bell for those who sift through the update notes every time you install an iOS update. Who doesn't? Uh, Azad was credited for many of the fixed vulnerabilities and issues listed in the security section of the update notes for iOS 11, 12, 13 and 14. Um, so he's a person of some significance. It's not he like is. a major. He's like a person who obviously knows his beans, but it's not the same gravitas if it's, if it's like the project lead or something like that. Um, I don't know. It just says here. Um, it is with sadness and excitement yeah. I say goodbye to Project Zero, and I'm joining Apple next week to continue my work improving Apple device security. Um, yeah, I don't think we should read too much into it. They've just employed him because he seems a good a good bloke he's good he's good at what he does <laughs> have around um yeah. you know as as we often say on um on bart's show you know these sort of hires and departures are not you know they're not often anything to get super hyped up about that's just silicon valley life isn't it you know 
Mm. Um, people at the top of their field move to other companies all the time, usually for more money or a different challenge. Um, there we are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and we all uh, know that it's uh, Apple's almost their reason to be is their security. So, yes. Yeah, so it's um, important to them. What you know, it, it's obviously credited with all these vulnerability finds. Um, no doubt, Apple would be very keen to have him, and now they've got him. Um, Apple releases a new OS uh, Mojave supplemental update with important bug fixes. Uh, this is important only because they released um, a security update for Mojave, uh, which apparently had some bugs in it um, and was a problem. So they pulled it and uh, replaced it with a new uh, supplemental update. Um, if you're running Mojave, uh, you should get that, I guess. Um, this, this one, this other one here, um, Mac OS 14 bug causes major battery drain. Now, I've not had this. Um, I mean, people are complaining about it. Um, apparently, after installing, you know, 14 and then 14.01, their, their phone appears to be burning through the battery at a significant rate. Um, not something I've experienced, I'll be honest, um, on any of the betas. Um, apparently, the best... A little, bit like, a little bit like when you uh, reinstall an OS and they were complaining, like, oh, it's slow, it's slow. And when you click on something like Finder, it's actually doing a whole load of disco wipes on the disk. I have a feeling it's something like that. I mean, I've, I've got the bug where no matter how many times me or how long I keep photos open, at the bottom, it will always say analyzing photos. That is that is true. Uh, you know, installing a new S or OS often does all sorts of things in the background. But this um, seems to be more than that, more, more than that. Um, people are seeing significant battery drain. Um, Apple have suggested that the best fix uh, is to back up your device, wipe your device, and then, um, you know, restore from backup. Um, I mean, part of the problem, isn't it, is that um, they release these these updates for multiple versions of the phone, and quite often these reports don't give any kind of detail as to, you know, uh, no. the, the kind of people who are complaining aren't even saying, I'm using this phone or that phone. And it could be that it's affecting one phone more than it's affecting others. It um, could indeed. Um, so, so, so a lot. We always get these stories, don't we? Every update, we get these stories, and um, well, I find it a bit tiresome. I must yes, admit. I must admit. Um, yeah, obviously... my upgrade slowed down. My yeah, A, yeah. B, C. Just name the name the device. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have we got? Um, why your next iPhone might come without any apps? Um, this is um related to uh the story that the EU are considering considering whether or not um you know pre-installing a variety of apps on a on a phone um constitutes some kind of uh, uh advantage um, basically they're saying don't put safari but then could you imagine that could you imagine getting a phone and it doesn't have safari installed and then making users jump through hoops because apple have uh, the thing is with this store we've already had this before what with microsoft because remember when um internet explorer was there and you didn't get a choice of what browser to install then they had the whole thing where when you launched ie it said you from other things and at least Apple sort of they've already gone part way to mitigate this by because you can accept default apps but I think it's the EU already being the EU and taking so long to make all that 
anything and Apple have just gone, well, we've changed things now. And then the EU is going to have to go back and do all its ratification and all the debate and all the consult- because you're getting, making... very, you're getting very faint, Mark. Am I? Yes. Uh, is that any better? That's a bit better. Yeah. Ah, right. My, it looks like my, my U, I can see it. Hang on, let me just tap something. Yes, there we go. Oh, blimey. Ow. <laughs> Hang on. Okay. My USB mixer is on the way. I've literally just tapped the volume button, and, and you... all of a sudden, I can monitor myself, so I can actually hear what I'm saying. I mean, you've been fairly quiet most of the show, but... Um, but yes, you're slowly fading away. You were slowly <laughs> oh, right. fading away to nothing. Um, and now you... pl- well, some people might say that's a bloody advantage for the show, but I'm on, <laughs> and now you've, I'm on now... plus 45 decibels. And now you suddenly come up super loud. Well, not super loud, but, you know, compared oh, to like... where you were. Um, I think my um, USB mixer is finally, finally on the way out. I think the difference, Mark, going back to what you were saying about uh, Microsoft, is Microsoft weren't making computers then. So um, they they were including stuff in their software that was sort of tying people down into using just that software. But the fact is, this is Apple installing Apple apps on Apple hardware. Mm. And, and you've got to ask yourself, I mean, just how far do we go with large companies like Apple before you actually start saying, look, we're not going to allow you to do business? Because it's, that's effectively... I mean, yeah. I, I well, know... This, this it, comes straight into the epic fight, doesn't it? It's like yeah. epic well, it, kicking off about the rules that they agreed to, which I still don't understand. It's like, you're yeah. saying... I understand the rebel mentality of, well, I don't like it, I'm going to try and kick off a bank. But then with the whole with the whole thing of, but we don't like it, and we just happen to have a lawsuit ready to rock and roll as well. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. That, um... Yeah, tap, tap your volume control again. <laughs> oh, hang on. Uh, right, there we go. If I keep my finger on it... Um... <laughs> I'm going to have to do some. I think. I think my Chris's dynamic compressor is going to have some heavy lifting to do on this episode because <laughs> the levels have gone all over the, the shop. Se- uh, yeah, um, I can see that I'm peaking now. If I put it into the second hole, it should work okay. But if I do that, I, I don't want to take the risk at the moment. I mean, God bless it. I mean, it's lasted a few years, the Onyx Blackjack, so it might be time to upgrade. It might be time. Um, actually, talking about Epic, I've got a link in the show notes to uh, John Gruber. Uh, Judge excoriates Epic's dishonesty in hearing regarding lawsuit against Apple. Um, excoriates? That's a good word, isn't it's it? It's a good word, isn't it? Yes, very good. He wags um, his finger at them. <laughs> yeah, the judge was You've been apparently... a very naughty boy. The, yes. Um, the judge was apparently seriously unimpressed um, when it came to that. Uh, let's just go well, to... there's that thing as well that they said... Um, what was it? Uh, I, Fortnite on iOS, if it was to go, would see a massive, massive drop in uh, profits for Epic. Would it, Eck? I know... I bet I would guarantee there are more people that play on PC or on the computer than they do on their iPad or on their iPhone. I mean, yeah, I mean, of course it's a some revenue, but no, it's not going to make that much difference, surely. You wouldn't have thought so. There we considering, go. Yeah, I mean, considering the user base, but then is this an ind- but then is that an indicting? I mean, haven't Google already said as well that they're going to start taking thirty percent? Well, they always after this. They already, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they take thirty percent any. Anyway, what they said is they're going to tighten up their rules in the same way as Apple um, and be much stricter about making sure that they get their 30%. So, um... And they, Epic didn't mention that the fact that if it's a repeat subscription after a year, it goes down to 
Um, 15%. Exactly. Um, I sometimes think that um, Apple would have made life much simpler for itself if it had sold apps and subscriptions and left it at that. Mm. Um, I think a lot of the problems have been caused simply because they want a little bit of everything. Um, and I sort of understand that from a business point of view. <laughs> But uh, I, I just think they've made life a little bit difficult for themselves because basically, as you know, they, they want that 30 or 15% of everything that goes through their payment system. And, you know, and, and I, I have some sympathies with that because it's their payment system and they pay, they're paying to run it. But yeah, they might have saved themselves some heartache. They might well <laughs> in have done. In the long run. Yeah. And I and, and think it's what's, what really is interesting to me on this story is just how much developer goodwill that they're losing when you know when you've got the atps and all the other big shows sort of like starting to go you know we're really unhappy with you apple and bear in mind you know they get all the yeah they get the people to come on the show and everything like that. for them to come out and publicly say that although yeah, I, I have little sympathy for them when they're saying you know we want all the adverts and all the money as well but i, I think apple with technology coming down in price and the economies of scale should they be charging the same 30 percent as they were charging some five years ago yeah well, good question I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> no, I don't, we don't, do we? We don't know the answer. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I suggested as much in the last show that, that perhaps if they reduced it a little, it might it, just sat, placate all these You know, might take people. the edge off. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, um, it, but it is, it's such an important part of their income, though. It is. Services generally. It, it then, is. But then if you look at what they've done with the whole device storage thing, you know, 50 gig is still less than an iPhone minimum spec now. And then they nickel and dime you to go up to the 200 meg one where it's so dispropor- disproportionately expensive to absolutely everyone else. Yeah. It's like I can't. I, I can't go a day now where you know I've I've gone I don't know, what am I on the two ninety nine um, storage plan and I still keep coming up against the fact that you know oh back up back up and back up delete a load of files and but the next level up is just so extortionate I can't bring myself to pay for it. Yeah, there are th- there are th- yeah there are definitely things that Apple do that are um, a little bit money grasping and I think that annoys us all. Definitely, um, definitely annoys us all. Um, so this it, it, you. It, it, EU thing, um, yes. I the charge on that, I think, is being led by people like Facebook, who are saying they, you know, they want people to be able to use Facebook Messenger as their default messaging apps instead of um, iMessage, and um, it just becomes farcical, doesn't it? What you're going to do? You're going to get a blank phone, and um, you know, yeah, and then ask people hundreds of questions when they first install it. Yeah, do you yeah. want this or do you want, want any that. one of these fifteen? You know, which <laughs> and how how do you know? And, and most uh, people won't know, will they? Well, or most, most people won't have a clue. Or most people, it's the internet. You know, they'll just go. <laughs> they'll, which which one's the internet? Surely, and for most of us, you just go choose the Apple one, choose the Apple one, choose the Apple one, choose the Apple one. Um, and I think we're beyond that now as well, where we, I think people are more than used to, well, okay, I've got some friends who use iMessage, I've got some friends who use WhatsApp, I've got some friends who use Signal, I've got some friends who use Skype, I've got some friends in this. I think we've just become to accept it. And I think that the battle for being the default standard is so, so 
overreaching than just saying we want to make easy for people. No, you just want to be in control of it. And then if you're in control of it, we come back to the whole thing again of like, well, what's the difference between Facebook being in control than Apple being in control? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's In the end, it's all about that, that thing we all, everyone seems to like talking about money. Mm. Yeah. It's um anyway the the headline is somewhat overblown because it's only a you know the very beginning of uh, discussion but people have picked up on it you know the EU uh, to investigate default apps and so on um if you're interested uh, I've got two links one to Inc and one to uh, nine to five Mac which will tell you all about it uh, personally I think if the EU did that it would be a terrible move you want my honest opinion it's just going to make a large number of users uh they're going to make their um user experience far far worse and very annoying and i don't think it will help anybody at all to be honest you can imagine can't you steve jobs coming out of stage all those years ago and saying yes we've invented a phone and it'll have apps but it's up to you what you install on it. We're not going to tell you about any of them. <laughs> just in case in a few years' time, the EU tell us off. Yeah, that's um, yeah, just a bit silly, really. A bit silly. Um, Apple had a bit of a mishap uh, on their Apple card uh, this week where, um, unfortunately, some AT&T bills were marked as Waters Hardy & Co., uh, confusing thousands of users who uh not surprisingly um <laughs> were wondering Whoops. why that uh, a small texas uh tax firm was charging them um and uh that was earlier in the week and then uh, later in the week apple said the apple card billing mix up was fixed but the tax firm is still inundated with the phone oh, calls really me unsurprisingly because no doubt they were getting bombarded with people saying who are you and why are you charging me money um, but actually, that, they weren't. That would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? It would be a disaster. No doubt they'll be getting bombarded with calls for months. Um, do, you know what, do you know what? This is a complete aside, but it's sort of slightly related. Um, I was on holiday one year with my uh, brother and sister-in-law in Florida, and I started getting emails to Nicholas Riley from a company in Scotland. And uh, it was a ta- – it was a, an insu- – uh, not insurance. It was a uh, – a legal company, and um, they were talking about the sale of a house. <laughs> um, and I thought, is this is this a scam? So I, I looked it up and looked at and found the company. Uh, I went on to Google, you know, um, Street View, and found the, the premises. Um, so I rang them up and said, uh, "Hello, this is Nicholas Riley. This 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 isn't me. I'm not buying a house in Scotland." <laughs> and they said, "Oh, oh, we're very sorry about that. We'll make sure it's changed." Anyway, a few m- m- days later, I get another letter off them, and it's got details about the house this guy is going to buy. So I ring them up again and say, "Look, um, if this guy knew you were giving me his information, he'd be really annoyed. So can you please stop? Stop it's sending not it to me. me. You know, contact him. Contact him That's by right. other methods and ask him what his email address is because uh, somebody. And then eventually, eventually, I got one more." And it got his national insurance number on it and all sorts of stuff. Oh. And I thought, and eventually I rang up and said, look, this is getting stupid. If if you're not careful, I'm going to ring this guy up and tell him what you're doing. Mm. Anyway, they stopped then. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, but it was very weird. It was very weird. It's, I can only um, think that he must have had an email address very similar to mine. Well, either that or it, it, it's not the first time I've heard stories like this um, with differing results. Um, 
there's a guy uh, in one of the other slacks I uh, frequent who had somebody had obviously um, entered uh, an email address, which was actually this guy's, uh, and he was getting yeah constantly getting bombarded with emails. You know, uh, please you know please verify your purchase of this or you know uh, verify your um, you know your pizza delivery will be. And, and he said I just kept cancelling them all, but. He'd obviously given them an address which was incorrect. I mean, I guess yes. a lot of people, they do things, don't they? And they go, oh, you know, uh, joeblogs at gmail.com, when actually it's Joe J blogs. And, but once yeah. you've given it to somebody and it's wrong, because he probably couldn't have, you know, Joe blogs, because Joe blogs had already taken that. So he'd be, you know, Joe J blogs. Uh, but then he's forgotten that. Yes, it was probably a slip, of the, a slip of the pen somewhere or a slip um, of the keyboard. Right now. He's like, so my email address has a, uh, a dot in it. And I'm getting emails from a very, very similar email address that doesn't have the dot in the middle. Because Gmail ignores the dot. Oh, uh, right. All these random emails that, like, well, I, I know exactly how much Trump and Biden want because they were all, they're all going to chipple and quadruple match things. I know he's been on holiday to the Thistle in Scotland last week. I know where <laughs> he's going on holiday next week and he's just had a quote for another. And I can't do anything <laughs> to stop it. Oh, that's really, that's really difficult, isn't it? Because if you email him, presumably it comes back to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and dear. It's, and it's, I'm thinking, so what happens? So does he get the email and I get a copy of it? I, I don't know what's happening. And then perversely, is he getting my email? Well, it's possible, isn't it? Very, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, actually, well, he, might, he, he may not be using... Um... He might not be using uh, Google Mail, mightn't he? He might be using something oh, else. He is using Google now. It's, it's exactly the same email address minus the dot. So you've still got at gmail.com, but the separator in the email address is the one that is causing all the bloody issues. Oh, right. That's well, unusual. Yeah. Well, dot, Google doesn't register dots in the front part of an address. You can use it to... Um, do yeah, things. but that, that's the problem, you see, because it's not registering it, and my email address has always had the, the dot in the front of it. I'm the one finding out about his blimmin' holiday to the thistle, then to Holland <laughs> in the ovens that he's buying. <laughs> it, well, it, um... it was fun for a while, and now it's just starting to get a bit weird, because he's now signing up for all these very, very weird and sketchy dating websites that I want absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> and I got... um. There was on Twitter. I think it's um, I think it's Kate Bevan on Twitter, who's the um, editor of Witch. Um, she she was posting some the other day saying, "Will the you know would the Kate Bevan in California please um, correct her email address because uh, I've cancelled her hair appointment." <laughs> <laughs> I have been tempted to do that. I've heard on another show that what you can do is forget the password, log in, and then change the email address to something that can never, ever, ever be remembered. <laughs> but then that's just way too much work. Oh, dear. Uh, right. Um, what else have we got? Um, Apple caught an electronics recycler illegally reselling over 100 thousand iphones ipads and apple oh, watches uh which um they were supposed to be destroying you know recycling um ethically uh but apparently they were palming off uh you know stuff and reselling no doubt, no doubt they'd say they were recycling them mm, yeah, but not the, in the way that apple wanted not them to. <laughs> not in the way that apple was paying them to do um they have claimed, a canadian company 
they they have claimed that it was three quote unquote rogue employees, although Apple have alleged that the rogue employees were actually top management. So um uh, that's not I'll going kill to be. Surprise. And uh the other thing that goes with that is apparently Apple kept this iPhone recycling scandal secret for months, um, which is uh, on but Apple 3.0. Really but well, um, probably they'd have to investigate it before they yes, actually. Yes, I mean, saying he kept it secret, <laughs> you can't just go off of one. You've got no doubt have to. Apparently, they um, you know were first aware of it in January or February and filed. Um, uh, you know, filed legal proceedings in about July and the story broke last week. But, uh, you know, the fact that I would hardly say that's keeping a scandal secret. Um, you know, they found somebody doing something they didn't like and they have um, taken legal proceedings. There we are. Mm -hmm. um, but you can read all about that on 9to5Mac and Apple 3.0. Um, and that's pretty much it. Moving on to the last couple of things. Microsoft suffered a second global outage, um, second in a week, um, according to IT Pro. Um, I don't use, you know, Microsoft Office or anything, so I wouldn't know. But um, there we are. <laughs> for, those Not... of you, uh, for those of you who have been listening in, I've finished building my uh, PC. Yes. So that's done and dusted. It's now built, ready for going down to church. Um, so, so that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. It's not that hard, really, no, isn't it? It's just a bit like Lego, really, isn't it? Um, it is a bit, yeah, yeah. Plug the bits in. Um, and Windows on ARM is about to get lots of apps thanks to a new X64 emulation. Um, mm -hmm. Not sure what to say about that. Surely the... the um, it, it's interesting in the fact that it does, and I think this is the start of a Microsoft transition to 64-bit. Good. But then, would you trust Microsoft now? They do have a nice track record of trying things and then ditching them somewhat unsuccessfully. Well, my thought about that is, is this really the, the right way to go? I mean, um, if you're going to do Windows on ARM, surely what you really want is to be compiling um, your applications for ARM and getting your developers yeah. to do so. Um, yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, that, was a very, that was a a very very good point. And why? I wonder why Microsoft are venturing down this route of whacking things onto ARM. Are they are they following that thing of well, we know Intel is it going to deliver the fabled low power chip that we've all been after for a while now? Are they heading down that route? Um, I I mean they. <sighs> Microsoft stuff is nearly all still on Intel. It's just that they do have a couple. They they do have Windows on ARM. Um, but you know, as we've said in the past, they don't seem to be committing very heavily to it. Um, I don't. Yeah, that's my impression as well. I, um, I do like that folding tablet thing they've got though. There's a lot wrong with it, uh, which is funnily enough, every that seems to happen with everything that they do um, in a hardware sort of sense. But I like that. I think that's a, an actual nice fold factor. Oh yes, the um the duo. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Um we talked about that the other week. It seems you know, seems to be a um very clever piece of kit. Um some reviews have been really negative about it, but um um the tech pinions crew carolina and uh, bob o'donnell had uh you know demo units and they didn't seem to think that they were terrible um as they said it's not you know it's a it's a early it's adopter a product, product. you know it's it's phase one so 
the thing you do on any product like that is you get the UI right and you get the UI to be responsive. So when you're seeing people swipe, 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 you sort of think, okay, this there's obviously some parts in the quality assurance check that's missing a lot of these things. Well, that's Microsoft's way of doing it, though, isn't it? That's uh, that's how they tend to build stuff. Um, there we are. So, anyway, Windows on ARM apparently is going to get a new X64 emulation. Um, great, that's good if you own one of these, I guess, but it doesn't really seem to be the correct answer, if you want my honest opinion. Surely the answer mm-hmm. is to compile stuff for ARM properly. Um, yeah, that and, is very much that's um, yeah, that, that's a backwards way of doing it. Yeah, it's like yeah, well, you can em- emulate it. You know, you can emulate it. Well, surely we shouldn't be emulating it. We should be, <laughs> we should be fi- dealing with it. But there you go. That's that's what it is. Um, and uh, one last thing before we shut up shop. Um, the worth the chirp. Uh, essential tip this week is blacklight. Uh, this is from the markup. A blacklight. Um, is a website you can go to and uh, you can enter uh, the address of uh, a website of your choice and it will inspect it for you for uh, trackers and um, it will scan it and reveal the specific user tracking technologies used on the site. Who is getting your data and you might be surprised at what you learned. Um, There you go. There you go. If you go to our church's website, there are no ad trackers found on that site. Exactly. Um, You know, interesting, interesting. I mean, obviously, if you have um, something like Ghostry or, or, um, you know, you're using the newer, um, the newer Safari with the um, security features, you can, you know, see a lot of this information already. But it's a, it's a clever tool. Um, Mm. And uh, come from Safari. I think this was very much a gently, gently, softly, softly approach. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that Apple ramps things up a little bit more. Yep, yep, indeed. But um, there you go. I found that an interesting thing, and it's quite uh, surprising if you enter something in there like, uh, uh, let's see, let's see, what should we put in here? How about the Times? Okay, don't know what their address is actually. TheTimes.co.uk. Twenty-two ad trackers were found on this site. This is more than the average of seven. Uh, seven third-party cookies were found. This website loads trackers on your computer designed to evade third-party cookie blockers. Uh, this website might be monitoring your keystrokes and mouse clicks. Uh, this is not capturing keystrokes. Um, when you visit this site, it tells Facebook. Uh, this site allows Google Analytics to follow you across the internet, um, and so on. Uh, and it will give you all that data. And uh, each each of those sections has a little pop out, which will give you more information. So you know, it's a an interesting tool. Let's let's put it that way. Um, and I think that's probably us done, chaps. Um, yep. We're out of stories, and uh, we've been going relatively long time. So. Um, I think we'll wrap it up. So, Mark, do you want to uh, shill your sites and other endeavours? Yeah, well, we're going to put a link into the show notes, hopefully, for the Essential Apple uh, YouTube channel, where I've literally just done a video last... Well, literally, I've, I've done a video about the whole NHS COVID-19 app. Where I've actually done some research and some of that their journalism. 
And so if you've got any, if you want to know how it works, what it does, or look at your, your privacy, no, it doesn't give it away. You can get yourself a little bit informed. Then pop over to our YouTube channel and it will be the first video up there. And if you like, you can follow me on the Twitter at OceanSpeak. There we are. Um, and uh, is the Watching Men podcast, is that still a going concern? That's currently on hiatus at the minute. I'm trying to come up with an idea for it, which is not... I think Snowpiercer might have just broken the camel's back on it, because... Oh, <laughs> but I haven't finished with that show yet. I have not oh, finished dear. with that show, because the, it, it's like... Sometimes it's like doing a good podcast. It's good, but it just didn't know when to end. It could have stopped four times in the last episode to give a teaser. And now I've just seen the trailer. And even worse... They're claiming that it was the number one show on Netflix. And you just think, oh dear God. But I will say, I want to leave on a happy note. If you haven't seen it, if you have Apple TV, go and binge watch Ted Lasso. Because it's one of the best wholesome comedies. Yes, we've that. mentioned that on this show a couple of times. It's it's very good. We like it. Go and we watch like Ted Lasso. But I'm gonna, I might even binge watch the whole season again tonight. There we are. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Carl did tweet uh, earlier today that apparently uh, a Ming-Chi Kuo rumour has it that uh, the Mac and Forth show is returning on uh, October the 14th. So <laughs> apparently they're waiting for confirmation from John Prosser on that. But uh, Apple have refused <laughs> to comment. <laughs> There we go. I like uh, it. Yes, very good. It was very good. And um, then Alan uh, at Storm Gorelli on Twitter uh, retweeted that with uh, tagging a whole load of tech blogs, which I thought was very amusing. There we are. Um, Nick, where can people find you? Uh, very occasionally on Twitter, on at Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. And hopefully on Tuesday, I'm going to be on Bart's show. So. <laughs> Jolly good. Over at Let's Talk Apple. Let's Talk Apple, indeed. There we are. Uh, I uh, can, of course, be found on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show tweets as Essential Apple. All our stuff is at the EssentialApple.com. And uh, that's probably about it. Thank you for all the people who, uh, you know, support the show by retweeting us or... um, sending us money, etc. You know who you are. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, I think we'll call that a show. And so until next week, goodbye. Bye. (laughs) From a very faint mark. (laughs) Oh, God. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to my Mac 
www.ghostbusters.com. Take a look at the available podcast and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the Geekiest Show Ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. So yeah, I've uh, as you as as you saw on um, uh, on uh, Slack, I've uh, finished the PC pretty much. Excellent. Um, it's it's all assembled. Uh, I had one a couple of minor problems uh, when I got it all together and I plugged it in. I got this loud sort of rattly noise, and I thought, "What the heck is that?" And it sounded like it was coming from the CPU. Uh, so I went I went online, you know, as you do, go and find out what you know noisy CPUs. And there's lots of people have posted up pictures of a, a mildly noisy CPU. You know, it, it makes a bit of a windy noise, which is what Ooh. CPU fans do. And uh, and I'm thinking, well, mine's making a lot more noise than that. I don't understand. Um, so I'm mucking around with it, trying to understand why it's making so much noise. And I press the bottom of the case and suddenly the noise changes. And I'm thinking, the bottom of the case? Well, it's nowhere near the CPU, uh, but it is fairly near the graphics card. <laughs> Ah. And I had a I had a look, and I got a cable running under the graphics card where the fans are. It's going. That's right. Yeah. So all I that. had to do was reroute, uh, remove the graphics card, reroute the cable so that it didn't go under the graphics card. I don't know how I'd managed to do that, but there you oh, go. These things happen, don't they? These things happen. I tell you. But, they do. And then I spent um, a, a lovely few hours trying to understand why it wouldn't un- install Windows onto a, onto an SSD. Oh, good uh, and, and Yeah, well, I eventually sorted it out. Um, what I had to do was um, you have to go into uh, disk management and delete the existing partitions. So I'm not sure whether this was a new SSD or whether it's one I've used before for something else. It might have been Mac formatted. So it's got like an EFI partition on it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it just wouldn't. I had to delete the partitions and then uh, reinstall Windows on it. Yeah. Then it worked. Create like a, literally a blank disk. No yes. format or anything. I know. That's right. So I eventually got there. Uh, so yeah, Windows is installed. Uh, I've installed OBS. I've installed everything I might need d- down at church. Yeah. Uh, but first of all, this coming week, I'm hoping to go down and check whether I can stream with the machine I've already got there. Because if I have, well, there's no point replacing it. Oh, no. If it, it does should, the job. To be honest, it should do it. Um, I mean, like I say, I'm on a 2012 It should, yeah, it should cope more and more or less. It depends on, um, I think one of the reasons I struggled is because I have um, my OS running off an external SSD. Oh, uh, right. So I'm sharing my precious, precious USB 3 with my hard disks. That was causing a bit of latency problems. Right. Yeah. The thing is, you see, we're actually using, we're, I'm driving um, three, well, two external screens off it. What? Well, three external screens. There's the, the screen, the uh, computer itself, and then there's two secondary screens, which are off a splitter box. And they struggle. They struggle connecting because they're so far away. Because we've got two, moni- two big 72-inch TVs at the front of the church. And um, 
that they have to be started in a certain order. Otherwise, they just say, oh, I, I don't know what, what HDMI signal because <laughs> they're so far away. I so thought, uh, I thought you could do you could do powered HDMI for up to 150 meters, can't you? Uh, only if you've got boosters on the way. It's about oh, 20 yeah. meters. Maximum distance is about 20 yeah. meters, but without boosters. So I have got a booster from one TV to the other, but for some reason, putting the other... So we've got a monitor at the back, which the minister can see, and that, that's the one that sort of throws the cat amongst the pigeons. So it's got to drive all that, and it's got to stream. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, I, we are asking a lot of it. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be interesting to find if it works. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's my job for this week. I'll, uh, not only that, as I say... Uh, we have got internet, but it's very flaky down at church. So what I want to go and do is go down and just try streaming some private stuff to my own account and see if, see what it looks like, really. See if it can keep up. Yes, and we also want to plug a camera into it as well. So that'll be fun. And if, if you want to stream to Facebook and YouTube at the same time, there's a handy service called Restream.io. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I've come across that, yeah. We used, there used to be a chap in the Slack room whose name I can't remember, uh, and he used to do some streaming software, but I can never remember what it's called. I can find it. What? Um, you're talking about Mimo? Dance him. From Oliver Breedenbach. Oh, yes, yes, I've heard of Mimo, yeah. That never took off, unfortunately. I've um, just seen a... Yeah, I think it does. It does fairly well for itself, um, but it sells mostly to schools and things, I think. Oh, gone now. I've just sent a message on my phone about Trump. That'll be news, probably. Yeah, it was BBC News. Let me just go and have a quick look at that. Did it say? It's one of those things that popped up and then disappeared before I had a chance to tap on it. It wouldn't BBC. be the exclusive photos and interviews as The Crown takes on Diana in season four. <laughs> no. Oh, well, it's not showing it there. That's strange. Oh, Trump bit. treated with dexamethasone. What, not detox? <sighs> well... Wait, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pre- oh, President Trump being treated with steroid after dropping oxygen levels, but may leave hospital on Monday. What? Why is it that everything to do with him is contradictory? Mm. Incredible. The news coverage he, is just. He's a little well. bit like the American version of Katie Price. You just, no matter <laughs> what you try and do, and how often you block it, she always wheedles her way back into my feed. Like, apparently a month ago, she broke both ankles. Delete. Then both ankles weren't so bad. Delete. And now she's got a wonky boob. And now she's had a tattoo of her boyfriend who's going on for, who's maybe going out for four months. And I'm going, I don't want this in my head. I have enough sadness in my life to deal with without you cluttering up my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, there we go. So it... So these pictures of trains you've posted, I presume that you're you're interested in watching live streams, is it? This has become my latest addiction. I will quite happily sit there and watch these cameras. It's like a visual ASR, AMSR, whatever whatever it's called. Yes, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. It's a verbal, it's a a visual version of that. And I'm, I'm stupidly addicted to them. It's like when you hear like a diesel train coming up, you start to get irrationally, oh, I wonder what that one is. And, and this is what I, think I'm, so I might be suffering from a few, um, yeah, I, I think I need to get out more. <laughs> I quite like watching some of the YouTube um, videos of train journeys from the cab, you know. Yeah, cab oh, yeah, quite fun. Sure, Again, yeah, that was a slippery slope to watching blokes drive trucks and vans in delivery routes. And I'm thinking, if I wanted to, if, why don't I just get a job as a courier if I want to watch all <laughs> <laughs> uh, the I don't that... know what it is about them. 
But uh, yeah, I end up watching all of those. Uh, it's, it's something strangely addictive about watching people drive along the motorways. It's... <laughs> we, should get, we should get Carl to do it. Just Carl, put on a camera. You don't have to yeah, that's it. right. Maybe we should around. encourage him to do it. <laughs> Did you see um, he posted a thing this morning on Twitter? I know you don't do yeah. Twitter much. Yep. Carl posted. It's quite funny. He posted a thing saying, Minchi Quo rumour has it that the popular back and forth show might be returning on the October the 14th. Uh, oh, I see. Very and, good. And then he's put like awaiting confirmation from Prosser and um, what's the other geek <laughs> bloke? And, um, I like it. And then I think um, Alan, Storm, Storm Gorelli, yeah, Apple yeah. yet to respond. And um, Alan like quote tweeted it, but um, tagged like all the big like blogs. <laughs> oh right! Oh nice. He put like at Earth on, at Apple Insider, at The Verge. You know, all of them. <laughs> oh, good Tag, on. Tagged good them on. all. So you... I, I I tell you what. Uh, uh, talking about strange things popping up on uh, on uh, screens. I um, I've got a um, Amazon. Um, uh, what's the name of the one with the screen on it? Uh, show. Yeah, I've got an Amazon show in the in the kitchen. And when I go in there, it sees you and it light, it lights up. And sometimes it's got some an interesting little bit, of, a tidbit of news on it. Um, and the, at lunchtime, when I went out, the tidbit of news it was got is that someone's broken the land speed record for a wheelie bin. Oh, oh yeah, I saw that. I've, I've seen that bit of news. Forty three miles an hour in an upright wheelie bin. It must be mad. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Those, I mean, that bloke got killed the other day, didn't he? Doing a trying to do a um, land speed record. Oh yeah, the guy. Oh, it's easily uh, done. Eh? If you yeah. do, if yeah, dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff. Doing. Um, I don't know what he was doing it in, but I think he was trying to get to I don't know two hundred and ten mile an hour or something. But goodness crashed gracious, and, crashed and killed himself. Which was, you know, but it happens. Not That's good. It. That's why people. Mm. You know, it's, it's a dangerous hobby. Sure. Is there a link to the Quip document that uh, you can uh, paste into things? Uh, yeah, I'll put it back in. It's up the top, but I will. I will bring it. Um, I'll put it in again. When I don't get a spinning wheel of death. Come on. Sure. Can I do it? Is it possible for me to do it? Yeah. And just so just copy and paste there. That'll be good. <clears throat> just so I can have a small idea what I might be on about. Uh, copy. Yeah, I can paste. There we go. Much appreciated. That will be on the news. Uh, I think it's probably wise um, if you just stay away from clicking on anything, sorry, <laughs> other than record. <laughs> yeah. it's, um... oh, I made the mistake of going onto the Forbes website. No, no. <laughs> they actually had some new... Oh, more info requiring cookies and preferences. Uh, and some I hate this when you block a cookie it says processing and it's got one of those counter timery things like saying processing 10, 20 up to 100% like what the actual flipping hell are you doing to necessitate having to process cookies and now it, and now funnily enough it's stuck on 95% and I guarantee most people right now will just click cancel yeah it's got no that's it's got 99% of your uh, information now that's yeah. what it's, it's just waiting to get the last 1% I like this as well. So this page transmits information using HTTPS. Some vendors cannot receive opt-out requests by HTTPS, though the processing of your opt-out is is incomplete. To complete the opt-out process, please click here, and then it takes you to 
consent-prayer-trustark.com. So when I click on that, they're going to know that I've clicked on it and start monitoring. Oh, when, I, uh, when I contacted BT about um, uh, moving the broadband line onto this new line that we've had, we had to enter into a new contract. And um, yep. so they can do it electronically now, apparently. So he said, I'm sending you a link if you just click on that link. So I clicked on the link and my iPhone said, uh, uh, so it said, uh, sorry, you need to enable cookies. I thought, oh, so I said, right, well, I'm having problems. I'll try it on my Mac. So I tried it on my Mac and my Mac, it said, you'll have to enable cookies. So I said, hold on a minute. I'm going to go and check something. So I had a look and I said, I'm not blocking cookies. <laughs> but for some reason, you're... In the end, he said, uh, well, I can do it verbally. I said, well, I said, let's do that then. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> there is a little bit of news. Um, oh, God, what is going on? Someone needs to explain the landscape of Forbes to me. Because <laughs> here is a news article. Apple TV hardware may be radically upgraded in the coming month. According to reports, including a new tweet from Lee Fudge. <laughs> The expectation is that the processor will be improved uh, way more than TV streaming box has any need for, which could only be one thing, games. It's then leading on to apparently Apple Arcade is getting big money put into it. I read that, or at least a similar report, and it was like, this report adds up to nothing whatsoever. Yeah, it's like Forbes and I... Forbes and they doing what uh, what the, the YouTube commentators do. They make their show revolving around reading out tweets. Is anyone in the while I'm on my soapbox? Has anyone else got fed up of those articles where they say so and so his tweet about so and so? So then show a picture of the tweet of the word, and then they copy and paste the words from the tweet right underneath it. <laughs> oh, I love those. <laughs> I, I, really I just do. find it. I'm just finding myself increasingly frustrated by the fact that you get people. You start to read an article, and about two or three, um, less than two or three, second paragraph, it comes out with a complete inaccuracy. I mean, it's just, you just know it's wrong, and you think, has this person done any research whatsoever, or are they just regurgitating what they've already read? Yep, and I know this because when I did my video, uh, obviously you know it as well. When I did my video, like actually looking into how um, the NHS app worked, taking a, I actually researched it, and even the BBC got like the details wrong of it. Yeah, well, yeah, I, 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 it was a major site that I was reading, and it, and it was about the uh, iPhone um, battery thing, and it said something like um, the iPhone uh, Apple have been uh, struggling with uh, iPhone battery problems uh, for, for several iterations. I thought. Where the heck have they got that from? No, they haven't. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. They always have issues with batteries on new devices because people use them so much, they run the batteries out. I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, look, my iPhone 10, the, the iPhone battery on that is 8%. If I use it lightly, I can get a whole day from it. If I'm hammering the screen in the morning, looking at things, and it's using GPS and all that sort of stuff, probably a couple of hours I'll get out of it, but... Uh... Yeah, I just, I just sometimes, as I say, that 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 comment is just shows complete ignorance. <laughs> wow. Well, trying to find the Forbes article where they had, um, it was a leaked article about pricing. Oh yes, I saw that earlier. I'll tell you what. I'd Do read I care? The, <laughs> I'll tell you one I read earlier um, today, and it was about the um, iPod Nano being, you know, obsolete. I so, didn't even know they still still made it, do they? Uh, no, they stopped making it in 2017. 
Oh, right. Um, but it's moved on to the obsolete list. And um, so this article said, oh, the seventh generation iPod Nano has been made obsolete, uh, which reduces your repair options and whatnot. Right, um, yeah. And then it will get moved, eventually it will get moved to vintage, uh, where effectively Apple do not consider it, you know, they might Support repair it. Any longer. Yeah, they might be put, yeah. uh, they might repair it for you if you're very lucky and they've got some bits laying around. So then they say something else and then they go, so now it's vintage um, and it will get moved onto obsolete later. It's like you have just absolutely contradicted yourself. <laughs> Like yes. two paragraphs apart, you've said, and you know, at least one of those is wrong. Uh, Apple, I, I'm starting to become a little bit disenfranchised with Apple. There's too many, all the rumors about cutting the chargers, cutting all the things from the box, and then on the second half of them, they say, Oh, but we're more ecologically friendly than ever. And then you think, then well, if you follow the news, you've got the EU rumours about, well, Apple should be going USB-C. It's, the penny-pinching concerns me. It really does. It's, if, if you're paying a vast amount of money for a product, I want everything in that product. Uh, at the same time, at the same time, though, Mark, I mean, as uh, I think Jim said in the last show, why don't they just have a tick box? So if you don't need one, you don't have one. But if you need one, then you tick the box. I mean, yeah. just assuming that everyone's got one is probably the wrong thing to do. Yeah, I mean, the ch- and, and does and does feel like penny pinching. Ch- I mean, whether it is or not is debatable. Since iOS 14, I've had way more problems with non-Apple cables than I did with before I upgraded. No. No, I I don't use non-Apple cables, so... I haven't dropped my phone or anything like that. But just recently, and it's not just on my... Because I thought, okay, maybe it's my phone, maybe it's me. And then my friend, who I also got some cables for, and different cables, all having issues. Hmm. Well, we can talk about that in the show. Shall we we start? Shall we make a start? Yes, let's make a start. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.